Hello, and welcome to the fourth and floundering podcast with your hosts, I am Drew. And I am Mitch. Hi, Mitch. How you doing, Drew? Look, this is like a this is like a three or four week streak of at least us meeting together to work on this, which I think is pretty impressive, and we should give ourselves a round of applause. I think it's I think it's four weeks, but we have three episodes. Mm. One of them was not sal- salvageable at all. Not salvageable at all, and also just time restraints. No, but yeah, the important thing is we're meeting. I feel like we should give ourselves a raises. I think so too. Um, kind of like the raise. Uh, I'm just gonna go right into it that Antonio Brown got from going to the Raiders. Restructuring yeah. his contract. I was gonna say no additional years, to my understanding. No, but it's a big, it's a big salary increase that makes him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I have some, I have a hot take on this trade. Okay, what is? I think that you know, obviously, like from the outset, um, the Raiders. I think because of the fact that the Raiders gave up a three for Martavius Bryant last year. But to get Antonio Brown, they only gave up a three and a five. I think it looks like the Raiders are the winners. I think though that it's just this trade for the for the Raiders is just another indication to me that John Gruden has no idea what he's doing. Because you know, why are you trying to acquire a wide receiver like Antonio Brown and get older when you traded away Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. who's a great wide receiver? I mean, maybe he needed a change of pace. Um, from the Raiders, and he had to go to the Cowboys to sort of, you know, rediscover his potential. Mm-hmm. But also trade uh, Khalil Mack. Yeah. <laughs> Two guys who are, you know, never heard anything bad about either of them. Both pretty high character, both really good in the locker room, and both great on the field. And, you know, at least in the case of Cooper, great potential. And Mack is just yeah. an all-out machine every yeah. week. Um, I don't know why you do this. I, I don't understand. I don't think it makes the Raiders that much better because they still have tons of problems. And... Not to mention, I'm not sure that John Gruden's even sold on his quarterback for next year. I don't think so either, but he's got three first-round draft picks to decide what if he wants to draft a quarterback. He did, but... Or trade for one that's already in the league. I guess what I'm going to come back to is, you have those draft picks, and are you just hoping you're going to get a player as good as Khalil Mack? I mean... The- and now we're revisiting that trade, which we shouldn't be doing, but I don't think, like... None of this just happens. But it's all it's all connected. You it know? is connected. They, I... they, they, the Raiders made it out of a trade, made out of the trade deal, with still with all three of their first rounds, which is just is bonkers. Yes, but I think keep in mind, right? Antonio Brown talked himself out of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and also took down the asking for. Oh, and there goes the pop filter. <laughs> oh uh, boy, uh, Antonio Brown talked himself out of Pittsburgh, and. It should be good now. <laughs> talk, talk to himself out of Pittsburgh. It also talks his asking price down, right? Yeah. Like the fact that the Steelers, I don't know as if anyone can really make a compelling argument that tells me Antonio Brown is not the best wide receiver in football today. Just based purely on... yards last year. Purely on on-the-field production and mm. talent. Um, I know things ended super weird at the end of last year. I know you're looking at that like it's going to fall again. <laughs> um, we'll see. Uh, just based purely on uh, on talent, things there it goes. It, it's fine. Um, <laughs> things ended really weird last year. Yeah. But again, just on the field, speaking just for production, not how it ended. Yeah. Amazing wide receiver. Yeah. A three and a five, considering the Cowboys gave up a first rounder to get Amari Cooper, who is a gr- is a great wide receiver, and at least for Dallas is. It was a great trade, mm-hmm. um, gotcha, but I don't know players. anyone who's even me who's a, a gigantic Cowboys fan would tell you that Amari Cooper is a better wide receiver than Antonio Brown. No, I think the only difference in that trade is Amari Cooper has a lot more years ahead of him than Antonio Brown does. He does. Brown's going to be thirty-one by the time next year starts. Yeah. His best years are probably behind him. You you can make the argument he's got one maybe two years of the prime of his career left. Maybe and he's going to be making that money, dude. But where are the Raiders going this year? Like, let's say they hit on all three first-rounders. That's not going to happen, by the way. Like, it just it just doesn't. I mean, every year, there are guys who we say are, you know, the most... You know, the absolute locks to go in the first round who, yeah. you know... There's no way this person's going to be a bust. You know, they're, they're the closest thing to a short pick. And then every year, those guys are busts. But they have multiple chances at, at, at top-tier talent in the first round. You do, and your best, your best choices come from wide sets of options, and they're going to yeah. get those, but also, let's be realistic about it, they're picking number four, and then their the other picks aren't until later. Chicago, yeah, Chicago and Dallas had great years. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think that 
the drafts in the NFL are as top heavy as let's say basketball. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, like Dallas picks twenty seven. That's yeah. not that far away from being a second rounder. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I I don't think it's. I think once you dig into it, it's not as great of a trade as we think it is. And no, I think a lot of that has to do, though, not with, with Antonio Brown, but with, like, the incompetence of the Raiders. Yeah, I don't I don't think either team necessarily won in this trade. I think Antonio Brown won the trade. He got exactly what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted to get out, out of Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh wanted nothing to do with it. Like, they were just... The fact that, the, that Pittsburgh settled for a 3 and a 5... For Antonio Brown. Just tells you how badly... They wanted to move on from him. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a shame, but also not because Antonio Brown is uh, going to be making a lot of money and pu- <laughs> pushing, pushing the uh, the market for all like the wide receiver and running back positions that I think should be getting paid more than they already than than they are. Compared, oh, to, compared to their quarterback counterparts, your skill your skill positions are going to see a massive hike yeah. and. You know, it's already tops OBJ's deal. And yeah. there's a lot of talk that he's going to be traded now and possibly to a team like the 49ers. Yeah. And what does that look like? If, if that happens, does does Beckham try to force a contract extension to, to make himself more valuable than Antonio Brown? I don't think so. But I think it does sort of reset. It comes at a really shitty time for me as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Because Amari Cooper is going to... is he's definitely gonna... played himself into a new contract already. Mm-hmm. And the market just went up. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of sucks, but... <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, the, how the business goes. Yeah, I think this time of year is so interesting when the market gets set, yeah. especially by guys who are already under contract, right? Like We're going to be talking in a little bit about the safeties mm-hmm. and just the ludicrous deals that happened today for those mm-hmm. guys, even though you know it's legal tampering and no deals are able to be announced, but mm-hmm. everybody has already signed their deal. Um, you know... Less so than the free agent market, the guys who are already with their teams who are resetting the market. Because a lot of times, you're not going to let your best players get there. Yeah. So, it's going to take a lot of money to keep a really good wide receiver like Amari Cooper now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how that looks for the Cowboys who try to keep their own players, but they've they've worked really hard to get away from spending. Yeah. It's uh, I guess it's a good day to be an Antonio it's a great day to be Antonio and, Brown. And, and, and Antonio Brown fan, not necessarily a Raiders or a, or a Steelers fan. I mean, the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas soon. So to have, yeah. the, have the name Antonio Brown attached to your franchise when you're about to make that move might be a good thing. And I'm curious if they make the move to get Le'Veon Bell like has sort of been I've heard that they're, that they're not, they're not, they're not going to do it. So I've heard the Jets are still the most likely destination. Which is stupid. Why do you think that's stupid? I actually think it makes sense if you're... I don't think it makes sense because... Try and help Darnold. No, the, I'm, it makes sense for the Jets, not for Le'Veon. Oh, okay, yes, yes. And I don't think it makes sense for Le'Veon Bell either. I think the the Raiders probably make more sense, stick it out for a year, wherever mm-hmm. they're going to play. Yeah. And then, you know, move to Vegas, you and Brown, because would, that would effectively be the only star power they have. Yeah. Um, are the stars of, of a relatively new franchise? I'll... As much as new as it can be, relocating, mm-hmm. um, and go from there, just in terms of marketability. But I actually think that the Jets would be smart to go after him. I think that would really help Sam Darnold. They would have to throw a lot of money at him. For, they would for that to happen, for Le'Veon to want to go to the Jets because we've seen the way that like the Jets have hot flashes over the past couple of years, but they've never had like stellar seasons for that, the past like eight years. That's true, and a lot of it, I guess, hinges on how much you like or dislike Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. I thought that there were times during this year, like all rookie quarterbacks, where I thought he looked like an absolute disaster. Yeah. Uh, and just his turnovers and his decision-making was horrific. But there were also times where I was like, wow, he could actually probably put it together with a you know with a competent offensive coordinator and maybe another piece or two around him. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles. There was, it was a busy there day. A busy day for Howie Because we're recording Rose, this man. on Monday. We're recording this on Monday the 11th. Yep. And so it's... We alluded to it earlier, but it's the first day of quote-unquote legal tampering. Yeah. Which is when you're allowed to start talking to players outside of your own free agents. Yeah. Um, but you're not you're not allowed to come to a contract deal with them um, 
But they do. (laughs) So that's how we know all of this is happening. Yeah. But kick us off. So uh, we had a couple signings, and we'll lead off with a... uh, an extension or re-signing of Jason Peters today. We uh, signed him to a one-year deal, uh, $5.5 million guaranteed, and can go up to $10 million depending on performance bonuses. Um, I think this is a, I think this is a good idea um, to re-sign Peters because um, he's still, despite his age and injuries, still playing at a really high level. Um, I think... I've said in the past that our team plays differently when we have maybe Vitai or one of our other backup linemen at the left tackle position instead of Peters. Yeah. Um, and I knew the original plan was to kind of leave Lane Johnson at right tackle until Peters retired and then eventually move Johnson over to the left side. But Peters has kind of extended his career over the past three years, so that move never really happened. Yeah. Um, so... I think keeping him for one more year is a is a good idea. He's a nice veteran presence. Um, maybe we draft another lineman this year and start um, breeding him to be our next left tackle. Um, yeah, I don't think Lane Johnson's no going to be a left tackle. No, no, I don't think he's he's cemented that right side position pretty well. If fans think that he is going to just move over to the other side and then he'll try to replace the right tackle, no, uh, I don't think it would work out that way. Left tackle is just. It, it sounds silly just because a lot of people are like, oh, it's the reverse, but yeah. your quarterback's blindside, and sometimes those blocking responsibilities are quite a bit different, especially when you're, you know, when you're playing the left tackle position, you're usually playing against the team's best pass rusher, mm-hmm. almost you know, nine times out of ten. Yeah. Uh, when you're playing the right, you're still playing against the other NFL pass rushers, uh, and for certain teams, like a team yeah. like the Rams, who just, you know, has a ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous defensive line, um, they're great, but... You're not playing against the, you know, the Khalil Max of the world. Of course. Um, but I think it's good to have him for one more year. Uh, maybe finish off, hopefully finish off on this note. Have him finish on a high note. Um, hope to God no injuries. Because uh, when, he, when he's not injured, he plays great. And even when he is injured, he's still pretty good. I just think that we move a little bit quicker on... Um, the running plays. Like I think if like if he needs to if we if he needs to run block, it's not as well as his pass pass blocking because when he's pass blocking, he only needs to take about one or two steps, and have Carson or Nick Foles. Well, not Nick Foles anymore because we'll get to that after this. But I'm um, happy for Nick Foles. We'll get to it. We'll get, yeah, to, we'll get it. to it. But Car- when Car- Carson just needs a couple seconds to get the ball going, but I Jason Peters moving downfield, um, he just doesn't have this the 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 quickness and the agility like he used to. Um, and, you know, after Achilles ruptures and ACL tears, that kind of kind of gets to you when you're 330 fucking pounds and, like, 6'8". Um, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so For anyone, let alone somebody <laughs> actually massive, playing football. Massive truck. Um, yeah. But good on for Jason Peters. I, I, li- I, like, this, uh, I like this signing. But uh, we also signed uh, someone from the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, someone by the name of Malik Jackson. And that was a great signing for Dude, you Dude, it's an amazing, he was amazing on, pickup. He was on my list of guys who I really wanted the Cowboys to get. Yeah, we, uh, we got him for a three-year deal, $30 million. Um, it's not 10 every year. It's over 10 is the average, obviously, because 30 divided by 3 is 10. But, <laughs> Thanks for that math lesson, Jim. Um, Jackson, he was on the, um, he was on the, he was with the Broncos for Super Bowl Fifty, so he's already got a ring. He's got experience in the playoffs, and he knows how to how to play at an elite level. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a Pro Bowler in twenty seventeen, and he signed that really big contract <coughs> for six years with yeah. Jacksonville as soon as that Super Bowl was over. Yeah, um, um, he has he has thirty two and a half sacks in one hundred ten games, um, fifty one pressures last year in twenty eighteen, twelve quarterback hits. 34 hurries, 32 tackles, three and a half sacks just in last year, and, and he played all 16 games. That's a big drop in production, though, from the year before. If you look at 2017, yeah. Where he had eight sacks, and even even in 16, he had six and a half. Yeah. At 19, 19 quarterback hits, six and a half sacks in 2016, and then in 2017, 11 quarterback hits, Eight quarterbacks. Though. But if you also look at it, Jacksonville's defense wasn't the same last year as it was the year before. So if you but look at Jackson- that, but Jacksonville's defense last year wasn't their problem. I mean, the entire team was their problem. They were just. I think coaching and quarterback yeah. were a disaster. But 
I think that, that you know, there is a lot of validity to the fact that I, I definitely would have wanted him on like a one or two year deal. Uh, <coughs> it was like a prove it deal, but I think three years might be a little bit. I mean, free agency, everyone's going to get overpaid, right? Yeah. So maybe it is market value. I just have a lot of concern after last year. I mean, I would too. To go that, to go that I, much I money. would too, but having him with the rest of our already stacked D-line just solidifies us having another really good D-line. And you're, and you're not asking him to, to be the star. Right. To you be, have to be, Cox. To be the, to main, the main source of dynamite to blow up that line. Um, we already have Fletcher Cox. We have Brandon Graham that we re, uh, re, re-signed or extended. Uh, we have Barnett coming back. And, uh, I mean, the uh, we have uh, Nagata and... Long, I mean, they're ju- they're just role players. They're not going to play is, every. Is not a coming back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had him for two years, not for one. Okay, I thought he was a free agent for some reason. I don't think so. Okay, I could be wrong about that. I mean, but I I haven't heard anything about. Somebody it. will tell you if you're wrong. Yeah, of it. course. I, I, I that always happens to me. But I haven't heard anything of him uh, of not coming back. Um, I mean, we're getting rid of Jernigan, which kind of stinks. But um, having having Cox, Barnett. Uh, Graham, and now uh, Jackson on, for our, our starting four. I mean, come yeah, on. like come on, like that. That's just we've had we've had a solid defensive line to start the season every year for like the past four or five years. Yeah, I, I got to hand it to you. I think it. I think it. That signing definitely makes your team better. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I know he had a little bit of a drop off uh, last year, but um, he's starting to go down onto the backside of his career anyway. So, I mean, hopefully he has a better season this year. I mean, Well, he's, but he's only 28, though. He's not 30, right? True. He, or sorry, he's 29 now. He just yeah. turned 29 in January. Yeah. So, he's... It's not like you signed him for three years and he's 32 years old. Exactly. So, I wouldn't say he's, you know... I think last year is definitely cause for concern, but I also wouldn't say he's, you know, completely done. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't, uh... I would just be worried. I would be worried, but if I look at the rest of Jacksonville's problems last year, where they just weren't doing anything on defense, I mean, he had 51 quarterback pressure. He had 51 pressures, which is good. He had yeah. 12 quarterback hits, which is good. 34 hurries. I, I mean, he was putting pressure. That's all. That's really the only role of a defensive lineman can have. I mean, everything else is bonus. Yeah. You know, like tackles. You just need somebody who really. Uh, your defensive tackle isn't the guy who should be getting, you know, 15 sacks for you. Exactly. That's, that's your defensive end's job. They should be there to really keep plays in front of them, mm-hmm. not let anyone get by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, like when you have an opening, like take the quarterback. Of down. course, yeah. But. But I, so from. Be from realistic about what you want out of a defensive tackle, not you, I mean. Exactly. But like from the, from the way his stats look from last year. Other than like the total drop off in tackles and sacks, all the pressure that he had on the on the offensive line and the and the offense in general, yeah, uh, doesn't cause any concern to me, um, just because he's not going to be our star defensive tackle, right? So he's going to be our second or third best defensive lineman. So um, I, I'm excited for this tra- for this uh, signing. I think it's a I think it's a good one. I, I, I love how our defense we're trying to rebuild our defense uh, from the injuries that we had last year. I think it's definitely cause for so, some optimism for you guys. It is it, it's it's not on the worrisome side. I think it's more so on the positive side. Yeah. But uh, another trade or another off season um, happening. That, hap- that, ha- that 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 I was, can see that your caused, smirk, and I just want to. That was oh. caused for uh, the the Eagles today. Was uh, we made a trade with the good old Buccaneers down in Tampa Bay for my dude Deshaun Jackson, who we drafted. Um, I forget what year we drafted him in. I was like, you, oh I was, yeah, I was like in fourth or fifth grade. I was I was in eighth grade. So yeah, then I, I was. Then I was like in fourth or fifth grade. Which is crazy to me because I don't quite understand math. Our age difference isn't that Neither big. <laughs> it's like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Math's hard, Drew. Math's ha- very hard. Neither of us were math majors. But the Eagles traded a sixth round pick for Deshaun Jackson, and they got D-Jack and a 2020 seventh rounder. Um, 
Sean Jackson didn't start all tw- all 16 games last year. Um, he only started 12. He had a couple injuries. I think it was like a hamstring or like an Achilles strain. I forget uh, what exactly it was. But he uh, had 41 catches for 70, 774 yards. Um, he led the league in yards per catch uh, yep. with 18.9. Had four touchdowns. <coughs> he is currently fourth on the all-time uh, receivers list, receiving yards list for the Eagles um, as a franchise. And he has got so many memorable catches and returns for the Eagles um, that I'm just excited to have him back. So I, I feel like every Eagles fan that I know was celebrating on Twitter about this. And I get it. Like, obviously, anytime you have the opportunity to have a great franchise player come back, you're excited. But I also think, like, amidst all that, people were like, Already anointing him as like the number one receiver because Alshon no. struggled last year. No, I don't. I don't he's, um, he's not our number one. He's going to be a deep threat because of how fast he is and how fast he can still be at his age. Yeah, but, um, but I, think I don't think he's not going to be our number one. He's people, just he's going to be good in the mix. People were real. I think people are really putting a lot of stock into him. And if they're not, and I think like you know, saying he's a number one, I think is a lot of hype. Yeah. Um, just the excitement of having him back. Just like every team gets super excited when somebody like that comes back. Like. Cowboys fans, when Jason Witten came back, were like, Jason Witten's going to have, you know, a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, yeah. <laughs> like it's 2012, and that's just not going to happen. No. Um, and I'm, I'm not one of those Eagles fans saying that he's that I, he's going to be a stellar wide receiver I think again. he's going to get a lot of snaps, though, yeah. and I think that he is going to probably be on the depth chart two, or maybe, you know, depending on what happens with... I would say two or three. What happens with um, Aguilar. Yeah. But I, I actually don't love this move, just objectively. Um... And I'll tell you why. Jackson hasn't played a 16-game season since he was with the Eagles in 2013. Um, 15, 10, 15, 14, and mm-hmm. 12. He hasn't topped 1,000 yards since 2016, and when mm-hmm. he did that, he had 1,005 yards. I know. Was, he barely, barely topped 1,000 yards. So really, we have to go back to 2014, uh, when he had 1,100, 1100 yards. Um, for the last time, he was like truly a really good wide receiver. I think anytime you have wide receivers whose main games are built on speed, mm-hmm. uh, they age very fast. And I know last year he, he put up 18.9 yards per reception, which mm-hmm. is great. He led the league. You know, I, I just don't think you can count on him to be a, a really reliable top-end wide receiver anymore. No, and I, I'm, I'm not stating that he will be. Um, I know a lot of uh, – Twitter's going to have a lot of baffling uh, – like. Uh, Proclamations. Twitter is very cancerous for sports. It's, it's very, very much is. Um, but to to only put out a sixth round pick for a twenty twenty pick next year and a wide receiver when we don't even know if we're gonna re-sign Golden Tate because he's probably gonna be asking for too much when he really didn't do shit last year. Um, I I would rather I would rather pick up Deshaun Jackson and get rid of Golden Tate. Than I don't think Tate's coming back. I think he was, no. It was. Almost embarrassing watching him sometimes yeah. last year. Yep. So I would, but I would rather. The main reason why I like Deshaun Jackson coming back is just the way that he left. I did not like the way Chip Kelly got rid of Deshaun Jackson. No, and I think the way that, that Chip Kelly treated everybody the Eagles <laughs> when, franchise when in he was when he was the head coach of the Eagles uh, was pretty baffling. Yeah. Um, uh, nothing he did made sense at the time, and I will. I will maintain that I was right the entire time that year that that his the Chip Kelly offense was there. I told everybody it's a flash in the pan. By the way, the offense runs too fast for anyone to keep up, so possession doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. the other teams are going to do what the Cowboys did to them every time they played them, which was the Eagles are going to have the ball for you know for twenty minutes, and everybody else is going to have the ball for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just not going to win like that. Nope. And they didn't. It was a disaster. And it didn't work in, in San Francisco either. No. No, it, and it's barely working in college now. He's I don't a, think he's working he's in college he's anymore. At, he's at USC. It was, a, it was like a moment in time. Yeah. It was a, it was a hot moment in time. Yeah. Um, but I think this kind of just puts the final nail in the coffin of... UCLA, uh, by the way. Yeah, that's what I meant. I knew it was one of the... Yeah, he was 3-9 and nine last year. Yeah, it was gross. Um, yeah, I had to look that up. Sorry, I didn't mean to like, correct you mid-podcast. You're good. No, I knew, I knew it was... Um, 
I had some of the letters right. <laughs> you had you had Southern California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I knew it was out in Cali, um, but I think this finally puts a nail in the coffin of the Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly era in Philly, um, unless Lashawn McCoy just I wants to sign gone. with us. Then then it would put, then it would just reverse everything. I mean, I know they're older, but it would just like kind of just make things right, you know. Even though they're not going to be good players, it's not quite the dream team. But it's not. I'm not saying it's going to be the dream team. It's just putting to rest all the worries that Chip Kelly has been put a, that put that Chip Kelly put us through um, for the past half decade that we kind of had to rebuild from. Yeah. So, um, but other than uh, the Deshaun Jackson trade, um, Nick Foles signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars today. Um, you happy for your boy? I am happy for my boy. Um, I just hope Big Dick Nick doesn't have a shitty Jaguars team to have to play with. He I, does. I, know <laughs> I hope they play well for him. I hope I hope his offensive line gives him the best blocks. Um, but, <laughs> you sound like you're like lamenting him, like you're eulogizing him. Because I am. He's at, at fucking Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's starting wide receivers are Keelan Cole and Dante Moncrief. Jesus Christ. He's going to have, he's, I don't think, I, I, hot take, he's not going to top 3,500 yards next year. Probably not. And it's not going to be his fault. No. It's not. And he's going to end up going down as a bust free agent signing, and none mm-hmm. of it is his fault. <laughs> and it's going to suck, and I feel bad. Jacksonville is just such a horrifically managed franchise. Yeah, they I, I don't even know they... what the hell was happening with Fournette last year. Let's talk about your Cowboys. <laughs> Speaking of dinosaurs, let's that, talk about your Cowboys. That was that was baffling. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the Cowboys, pretty quiet. I mean, like almost every free agency period is for the Cowboys lately, I feel like. Uh, they did make a move today. Yeah. They signed tight end Cody McElroy from the Rams. He has never played a regular season NFL game. And he... Walked on to the basketball team at Oklahoma State and missed his only two field goal attempts in 2015-2016. That's literally the only stats that you can find on this guy. Uh, in college, he played at, at, at Southeastern Oklahoma. He played football for a year where he caught 14 passes for 173 yards and five touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. So He didn't see any game action for the Rams last year. <laughs> He's 6'6", 258 pounds. He's a big guy yeah. who's a foreign basketball player. Do you know what exactly what this feels like to me? The Rico Gathers experiment. <laughs> like they they're gonna they're gonna cut bait with Rico because it just hasn't worked and it's been a disaster. So they're gonna replace it with somebody who is basically Rico Gathers. His name's just Cody McElroy. <laughs> I, I think it's like there's nothing nothing about this like indicates to me that it's anything other than just a camp body. Yeah. But like. Why? Well, why? There's Cody. no reason. You already have this guy on your roster. You've already put three years of hard work into him. Yeah. Have him show up to camp. Like, what? I don't... Cody McElroy sounds almost as douchey. I think it's pronounced McElroy. <laughs> Whatever. It sounds almost as douchey as Chad Thadston III. As a name. Like, a total frat name. Chad Thadston. Chad Thadston. <laughs> he only wears, like, popped, pop collar, like, pink Lacosta. Yes. Yeah, he wears boat shoes. Boat shoes everywhere. You know what's everywhere. crazy? I'm thinking about a dude who I used to know who was in a fraternity right now, and I'm like, oh, that's you. Oh, boy. That is you. Totally you, Cody. Cody McElroy. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> Again, like, you have this guy on your roster. You have Rico Gathers there. Why bring in somebody to compete with him who's going to get cut in the first round of cuts? Yeah, so let's know. talk about relevant people that will actually get playing time. Yeah, I mean... They didn't make any other moves. Lawrence got tagged. Yeah. Um, Did great. he sign? Did he, he sign his tag? He has not signed a tag. Last year he signed it right away. This year he is not doing that. And I mean, like, I totally agree with him. Like, yeah. Last year he played nice and he was great and he was full. He said at the time, like, I'm doing it this year, so pay me next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna come to an agreement. I can't see this dragging out. I don't see it being a Le'Veon Bell or mm-hmm. an Earl Tom situation. Um, they're gonna sign Demarcus Lawrence, but. They seem pretty far apart right now. Yeah. So we'll see. I think that they're, they're, the big thing right now is there's a lot of speculation around Earl Thomas still. Mm-hmm. 
year and a half ago, he famously told Jason Garrett to come get him. Um, trade talks were going all of last year up until uh, his injury. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be a Cowboy. He's from Texas. I think the Cowboys really want him. I don't think they want him for $14 million, though. No, neither do I. Um, which is what it's going to cost. Because... Especially after his injury. Right. And he's 30. I mean, he's in his prime, right? He's going to mm-hmm. be 31. Um, or he will be 30. I'm sorry. He's in his prime. Great player. Hall of Fame player, probably. But coming coming off a pretty significant knee injury. Um, that's cause for concern. But at the same time, like, you know, Errol Thomas, like we just said, is, is a Hall of Fame player. And Tyron Matthew and Landon Collins just got average salaries of $14 million a year. Yeah. Um, it's hard to make the case that even with that injury, those guys are better than Errol Thomas right now. Yeah. So he's going to command a lot of money. The, the What I saw from some of the Cowboys insiders was the Cowboys want him to come down to like the 8 to $10 million range. It's a lot. It's a big difference. Very he's not going to come down, you know, 4 to $6 million. Unless they're really just nothing developing for him. And I think the Niners really want him. Richard Sherman's already pitching him. That would be cool to see them, that, see them on a different side of the NFC or West together. I think that would be really interesting. And I think he makes a lot of sense for yeah. the Niners. But I think the Cowboys desperately need to upgrade their safety position. Yeah. Um, I really like Xavier Woods a lot. I think mm. he's a really good young player, very solid. Uh, but, but Jeff Heath is a liability. Uh, you know, gives his heart and soul and, you know, we love him. All Cowboys fans love Jeff Heath. Um, but I think also be realistic, he probably shouldn't be a starter. Yeah. So anything we can do to get Earl Thomas, I'm all in on. But we'll see what happens. So speaking of Landon Collins, though, he is going to Washington for a six-year deal worth an average of $14 million a year, makes him the highest paid safety in the history of football. Yeah, I saw that. That's interesting. He's a box safety. That's very interesting. <laughs> he is not he is not Errol Thomas. Like I think Landon Collins was really good and he's a really hard hitter. Yeah. Um, he hits hard he hits like a Mack truck. Dude. He does. But also I this guy's not Earl Thomas. No. Um I don't think I don't think, I don't even think Earl Thomas right now is Earl Thomas. I would agree with that. But I mean like the <laughs> fact that Collins set the market for safeties is kinda weird to me. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, and of course it's Washington who just like Every year gives out a horrific contract to somebody on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball, whether it's Josh Norman or D'Angelo Hall or you know, going back years ago, Deion Sanders, Brown Allen. Like, it just goes on and on and on. It's I remember a, a few years ago, NFL Network did the top 10 busts, mm-hmm. free agent busts. And it's guys like Scott Mitchell and um, Alvin Harper and just like all of these like pretty horrific contracts, right? Mm-hmm. And then number one on the list is anyone that Washington <laughs> signed because they just throw money like it's going to fix the problem without any any consideration to whether or not it's actually going to improve their team. Yeah. Uh, and this was the stat that I was telling you pre-show that I really want to talk about, which was that I don't know, you know, the Cowboys. Last year won the NFC East, right? So yep. everybody right now at the moment is looking up at Dallas. We have no idea what's going to happen next year. The Eagles have already improved. Giants mm. have already regressed. Yeah. And Washington, I mean, like, it's hard for me to say that Collins makes them that much better of a team, right? Yeah. But at, the, at this point, everybody's looking at the Cowboys. Why I don't totally understand this decision is if you're trying to win the division, you're trying to dethrone the Cowboys. In six games against Washington, Dak is 5-1, and one, 102 rating, 10 touchdowns, 3 turnovers. Terrific. Pretty good. Right? That's fantastic. And yeah. the Cowboys typically play everybody in their division really well. And that's a big reason why Jason Garrett's kept his job through some pretty tough times. Is because he's still gone like 4-2, you 5-1 know, four, four in his division um, in years when he's going 8-8. Eight eight. So, Washington clearly needs to improve on their defense. Especially against guys like Dak. Mm-hmm. But in his four in, in the last four games against New York, the Cowboys are four and zero. Dak has nine touchdowns and no interceptions. All of his ratings have been, been between ninety and one hundred and thirty-seven point one. His only two three hundred yard games have come against in the last couple of years have come against New York. So it's not like it's not like Landon Collins is you know particularly 
he's not a guy who's like and I know and I know that this that this signing isn't just to beat the Cowboys, right? Yeah. But I'm just trying to illustrate the point that it's not like you you're not doing anything that's improving you against the best team in your division right now. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that I think that Collins can be a liability sometimes too. Yeah. I think he's great in the box. Phenomenal in the box, but I also don't understand paying a box safety fourteen million dollars. I don't get it. Also, either. the nature of free agency, though, right? Like guys get overpaid a ridiculous amount. It's fucking yeah. insane how much guys get overpaid. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens when you hit the market. So, I, it was fucking stupid, Washington. I don't know what I, else to say. Like they're just such poorly run I, franchise. I feel like we can say that about any decision that Washington makes because they traded for Case Keenum. I actually don't hate that one. I don't like it, but I don't think that there is that big of a drop off from Colt McCoy to Case Keenum. No, you're. you're He's a better quarterback than Colt Keenum. Or uh, uh, Case Keenum is a better quarterback than Colt McCoy. They're the same person in my eyes. They're the same exact quarterback. Colt McCoy never took a team to the NFC Championship to get blown out in the NFC Championship. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Case Keenum has. It's very true. Washington is not going to the NFC Championship game no. next year. And if they do, I'll be the first person to say I was wrong. I'll get a tattoo on my nutsack. No, I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. Yeah, Don't do that, because with your luck, that would happen. It would happen. That would be so painful. Yeah. Um, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> walk that one back real quick, Drew. <laughs> Are you happy, we avoid, oh, are you happy that we avoided the we'll get gritty tattoos on our ass? No, I kind of wanted that. We'll get to the Flyers soon. We'll get to the Flyers soon enough. But yeah. I want to wrap up talking about football with just quickly, who are three free agents that you would like the Eagles to sign? Um, or, or two now that I know you really wanted Collins. So See. Or sorry, uh, you really wanted Jackson. Yeah, see, I thought, I wasn't thinking three free agents. I was just thinking, like, three people that I know could be on the market. That's why I thought of Deshaun Jackson when I was researching this before uh, we came in. Um, but so we already got Jackson, so that's one check off. And on also this. Malik Jackson, like both. That was, uh, that was both, he was Jackson, Jackson. I was referring to. Oh, I was yeah. The free agent, both of them. Um, but on the offset offensive side, I got an offensive and a defensive player that I think would work well with the Eagles. Um, okay, lay it on me. For offense, I have Mark Ingram from the Saints currently. Um, you guys desperately need to upgrade your running back position. Yeah. Um, and Mark Ingram already works well with splitting carries. He did it for two seasons with Kareem Hunt. I mean, not Kareem Hunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Alvin Kamara, same cool. running back class. That's my bad. Um, but he played in 12 games last year because he had a suspension for the first four games. Um, he had 138 rushing attempts, 645 uh, rushing yards. Average about 4.7 yards per carry. Had six touchdowns. But career-wise, he's played in 106 games. Um, has rushed for over 6,000 yards. Um, and has 50 touchdowns on his career. So, uh, to have him in our running back stable would be good. I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the free agents that are running backs. And uh, I'm seeing... Well, not free agents, but people that are definitely on the market like duke johnson from the uh, cleveland browns I'd yeah. ra- i would rather have england Ing- ingram than johnson right now um just because yeah. i know just because i know ingram is like doesn't look like he's slowing down i mean it it looks like with his 645 yards that like he is but he played four less games than he normally does no i think i think ingram's a, is a beast he's a he's an animal and he's yeah. great at receiving too yeah, he's a, he's great at receiving out of the backfield. He's also, I think, a little underrated in blitz pickup too. Yeah, he's really good at blocking. Um, yeah. But I think having him in our running back rotation would be great for the Eagles. Um, yeah, I mean, four and a half yards a carry for his career. That's really, really good. It's strong. Um, he's like a taller Sproles, a taller, stronger Sproles, in my opinion, the way he plays. Um, he just isn't good at returning like Sproles is. But I don't think anybody... Very few people are. Very few people are. So I think if I think if the Eagles could go after uh, Ingram, that'd be awesome um, to really help out our offense uh, in, at the running back position um, instead of having to rely on a undrafted rookie again coming out of the draft like we have for the past I, And I years. think that was a really big reason why the Eagles regressed last year. Their their running game was not. It wasn't there. 
No. Especially after Ajayi got hurt, and we got rid of Blunt, and then Corey, Corey Clement got hurt. If you couldn't pass the ball, you guys couldn't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. We just need a we need a, a and good team, and teams figure out how to we, how to stop Carson Wentz to a degree last year. We need it. We need so. a good stable running back, who's not who's not very injury prone, and I believe that's Mark Ingram, and I think that w- he could fill in that spot real well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so a player on the defensive side that I was thinking uh, was C.J. Mosley from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, um, solid, at, at solid underrated linebacker. Really good. Uh, he played 15 games last year. Um, had one interception. And only had half a sack, um, and but combined for 105 uh, tackles. He had seven, 70 solo and 35 assisted. Okay. Uh, six tackles for loss, and that's honestly not that bad. Um, no, that's that pretty good. Pretty I mean, he, he's a linebacker, so especially um, for a not great Ravens team. Exactly, but yeah, a, a good the, team. But the, their defense was what they were number one in the league last year. So um, yeah, let's not. Let's not pretend like Lamar Jackson was the reason they made the playoffs. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was <laughs> very helpful and definitely gave them a lift they needed when Flacco went down, but got a long ways to go before he is the answer quarterback, yeah. I think. But uh, for C.J. Mosley's career, Mosley's career, he's got um, he's, he's only played, been in the league for about four years, four or five okay. years. Um, so he's played in 77 games, um, has nine interceptions, has one pick six, um, six forced fumbles, Five fumbles recovered, uh, has a touchdown recovery for from a fumble, um, or a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Eight and a half sacks, 497 uh, tackles, and the split for that is almost 400 solo. He's at 398, and then 199 for assisted. I think the thing about Mosley is that he's going to get a pretty big contract, because I think teams know he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league, like you said. He came in in 2014, so he's played... Five seasons, mm-hmm. you know, four of those five years he's had over a hundred tackles. Mm-hmm. Been a Pro Bowler in four of those years. Yep. Um, Teams know how good he is, and I and I think he definitely will get rewarded. And the Eagles definitely need to upgrade at linebacker. You need to shed some more cap space too, because right now, I mean, you have to Wednesday to get under. But I think technically, with the Deshaun Jackson trade, the Eagles are over right now. Hmm. That's unfortunate because I was looking all this stuff up before I looked at the cap space. And before the Deshaun Jackson. No, hey, this is a time to dream. Yeah, I know. And my dream is to upgrade at linebacker <laughs> and not have to rely on Jordan Hicks to be our best linebacker. Yeah, that's a that's a tough proposition. That's a tough sentence to utter out of my out of my mouth. So I w- I'm going to quickly just talk about my three. Yeah, um, go ahead. And I'm actually not going to go as heavy into stats because two of these guys are coming off of you know, tough injuries. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's my bad because uh, I was bored in class and didn't want to fall asleep, so I looked up everybody's stats while I was researching. I don't, so. I don't blame you. I yeah. think it's, <laughs> I think, I think it was smart. You came prepared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, on the other hand, did not. But the guys who I really think would be really good fits for the Cowboys. One of them I've already talked about, and that's Earl Thomas coming mm-hmm. off his ACL last year. He is going into his age 30 year, mm-hmm. or age 30 season. Um, he only played four games last year, but again, we're talking about a guy who is a Hall of Famer. Oh, um, definitely. You know, it just absolute beast at his position. Amazing, amazing safety. I think would instantly upgrade the Cowboys defense. And if they can get him to play anything near the level he did in... 2017, or honestly, considering Chris Chris Richard as a defensive coordinator, if they can get anything that, that close to how he was playing in like 15 or 14 out of him, like that would be incredible. The big hurdle here is going to be that salary, and the Cowboys really need him to come down like four to six million dollars, and I just don't see that happening. It's not that I don't like Jeff Heath; it's just that Jeff Heath is not a number one safety. Jeff Heath's an amazing special teams player, great character guy. He's that kind of guy who is just so happy to be there and and work it works hard and will fill any role the team needs but we're in trouble at the same time it's gonna sound a little bit weird that i'm saying this but anytime your team is a safety away from making the super bowl or or, you know making noise in the playoffs you have bigger problems than you think Mm -hmm. um the cowboys are not a safety away from from anything right now they need one desperately it would go a long way towards helping but you really have to get some value out of that and the Cowboys have shown they don't really want to spend a ridiculous amount of money in free mm-hmm. agency. 
So we'll see. But but Thomas is, is obviously the top of my wish list. If, if there's any way we can get Earl Thomas, uh, I'll be over the moon. I would be overjoyed. It'd be amazing. I think the, the key would be if he does come here on a lower salary, I think it would be like on a one-year prove-it deal. Mm-hmm. And I would really want him to be under contract for multiple years because I don't yeah. want to risk losing him. Yeah, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... The only way I see him coming to you guys this year really is on a one-year deal. And then if he does well, then he will get the contract that he wants. Um, but I don't think I don't see that happening. I think there's a potential the Cowboys could surprise people and actually open up the piggy bank. Because it's not like they don't have money, and they, and they do have more cap space this year than mm-hmm. they typically do. But I, I just... They've been too restrained yeah. in free agency in the past. The last really big sign they made was Brandon Carr in like yeah. 2012. Um, how about your uh, how about your number two? My number two is actually a guy who, speaking of that one-year prove-it deal, I think would be perfect. Tyler Eifert, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I like Eifert. I like Eifert a lot. Now, look, let's be realistic, and I don't know if everybody is being realistic about him. This man has played 14 games in three years. Over three years, he has not even played the equivalent of a single season. Yeah. Um... That's a shame. That's pretty terrible. Um, Eight games in 2016, two games in 2017, and four games in 2018. He's been riddled with, like, concussions, right? That's been his problem? Yes. He's also, I think think knee injuries, concussions. I don't know if it was a foot injury. I think it was a knee this year. Um, I I feel like everything that that could happen to him did happen to him. He's never been a 1,000-yard receiver or anything like that, but his best year was 2015 where he made the Pro Bowl, and he, got 30, he had 52 catches, 615 <laughs> yards, and 13 touchdowns. Um, and then the next year, he, he played in eight games for 29 catches, 394 yards, and five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If you can get anything close to sort of the production that he was going in 15-16 before he was hurt, I think the Cowboys would be really happy. And Jason Witten, as amazing as he is, as happy as we are to have him back, um, I really think he's back for like a year and then the transition to the to the coaching staff. Yeah, I don't see Witten's not the answer, and he's probably going to play like what we talked about last week, like twenty twenty five snaps a game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, if that. Blake Jarwin's promising, but I, I don't want to hinge the tight end future on him. And Rico Gathers is kind of a joke at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they could really use somebody else that would allow them to also run some two tight end sets. So if you could pick up Tyler Eifert coming off of another injury. Uh, on a one-year or two-year prove-it deal and and get some production out of the tight end position and not have to worry about it. I mean, he's still a guy who is under 30. Um, Eifert turned 28 this year. So I would be really happy with that. We'll see what happens. I, he also is playing on a bad Bengals team. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those years, his numbers easily could have been better if he had somebody more competent than Andy Dalton throwing the The Red ball. Rocket. Uh, yeah. Remember when that was like a hot moment in time when everyone was all over Andy Dalton? Oh man, look how good Andy Dalton is for like one fucking week and then he's done. Yeah, I feel like it was a Gruden thing too. I feel like Gruden would have been all over, oh, all over Dalton. Um, it's the hair color, man. <laughs> so, the third guy, and I feel like it's going to be a little controversial. So I'll give you one or the other. The Cowboys desperately need to upgrade their defensive line with Randy Gregory and David Irving. Uh, Gregory being suspended, Irving retiring. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think that Malik Collins, who's one of our defensive tackles, is I really like him a lot. I think he's, he's got a high motor. He's a good player. Yeah. But he is always injured, and it's always his fucking foot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they need to get somebody consistently in there to go with what looks like it'll be Antoine Woods, who the human log. Um, my guy, I was really happy with him last year. I love that when they beat the Buccaneers, he ate the W in front of Jameis Winston. That's, I, I remember seeing that on, <laughs> on the broadcast. That was hilarious. That was amazing. But they need somebody who can consistently play there and, you know, continue to clog up space, keep running backs in front of them, and occasionally get to the quarterback. Um, so the first day I'm going to throw out there is Adamican Sue. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> oh, boy. I know. And Cowboys fans hate Adamican Sue. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you why I think he's a good fit. He has traditionally played in a 4-3 defense. Okay. He struggled last year when he moved to the Rams, uh, and I think a lot of that was the fact that he played in a 3-4 last yeah. year. But for the rest, for most of it last year. But for, for the bulk of his career, he played the 4-3 defense, which is what the Cowboys run. Yeah. Um, I think if you sign him, I, I, I think that he is a quote-unquote big name who will not command a gigantic deal, um, who would make a lot of sense for them to sign. Because I think you could get him relatively cheaply, even maybe for multiple years at this point in his career. 
Um, he only had one. Only had one year left with the Rams. He played last year with the Rams. Yeah, so he was like last year was his only year with the Rams. Yes, yes. So he's becoming a free agent. Yeah, so Miami cut him at the end of seventeen. Yeah, and then in eighteen, he signed a one year deal. A one year deal. As far yeah, as yeah. far as my understanding is, um, and you know he's he is a five time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, um, former Defensive Rookie of the Year. He had a really good run with the Lions. He's definitely a dirty player. Like there's there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes a lot of cheap shots, and he is over aggressive, and he to the point of costing his team. I think it might be worth it just because the Cowboys need somebody on that defensive line who can keep stay on the field. Yeah. And, and Sue typically stays on the field. He's played all 16 games every year of his career except for 2014, which or 2011, I'm sorry. 2011, he was 24 years old. He only played in 14 games. Every other year of his career, he's played and started all 16 games. Um, that's incredible. We need Especially a guy. Especially for a defensive lineman. Yeah, I, I know he's going to be 32 this year, but we need a guy who can stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is, if you don't like that, um, I think Richardson would be a really good... Sheldon Richardson coming from the Vikings would be a really good option. Um, you know, he played the 4-3 defensive tackle <clears throat> position last year with the Vikings, who mm-hmm. was a defense who definitely went into a little bit of regression. Um, former Pro Bowler back in 2014... With the Jets and also a former defensive rookie of the year, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's bounced around. 2016 was in the Jets. 2017 he was in Seattle, and then 2018 he played in Minnesota. Um, he, there's no doubt about it. He's not the same player. He's certainly younger yeah. than Sue. Yeah, yeah. Um, How many years? Like two. Yeah, he's 28, and Sue is going to be 32. Okay. So oh, so he's four years. So he will. So yeah. Richardson will be 29. He is 28. Okay. Um, Sue is 31, will be 20, 32. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Those words should not be as difficult to say as they are. <laughs> um, but I think that he could be a really good option. Also another 4-3, you know, defensive player who could fit there and, and, yeah. and fill that same need. So we'll see what happens. I'd be happy with any of those. But we yeah. have been talking a lot about football, and I think we should move on quickly to hockey and then baseball Some and basketball. Hockey. Hockey. Um, Flyers are playing tonight. They are. They are. Um, playing the Senators. Um, when I checked, they were um, losing um, to the Senators 1-0 to zero after the first. I can give you an update right now if you want. I was about to try and pull it up. Let's see if you can get there faster. Man. My comp- you'll, you'll probably get there faster. My computer's being slow. They're up 3-1 to one in the third period. We're up? We're up three to one. Ooh, what's with these fly guys? Goals from Lawton, Raffle, and Lindblom. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. I thought we were gonna lose to a shitty Senators team for for a hot minute. It wouldn't surprise me. I know, because um, I'm pretty sure they beat us last time we played them. But uh, no, that's good because um, we beat the Islanders the other night five to two. Um, that was a pretty good game. Um, yeah, to, that was a good win because the Islanders are at the top of our division, or at least they were. Um, I believe that the Islanders still are. The the Islanders. Well, the past two we've played them twice within the past week or like week and a half. No, sorry, the Islanders are not. It is Washington. Okay. Washington's eighty nine points. Islanders have eighty five. Yeah, the last two. T- but no one's close to Tampa Bay, who no. has one hundred and eight. The last two times that we've played the Islanders. We beat the shit out of them. We've scored five times, both times we played the Islanders, when they were at the top. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. We're currently sixth in the Metropolitan. Um, the Islanders are... They're 4-5-1 and one in their last ten games. Yeah. Which is Washington, who's 9-1. And, and on a seven-game winning streak. So that's probably why... The, there was a if, we, if you haven't engaged in the hockey standings recently, um, as I haven't until literally this moment, yeah. uh, that would surprise us. Yeah. Um, the only thing that, other than our offense just looking good, I guess, for the second period yesterday, um, was, like, that came out of that game was the Jacob Voracek suspension, which, I'm not sure your opinion on it, because I don't think we I really talked about much. I think it was absolutely ludicrous. What was he supposed to do? Was he supposed to... Take a hit? Let Boychuk, ch- yeah, check him into the like, board. come on! In which case, if he did, and then definitely got an injured, um, would Boychuk have been suspended for two games? Probably not. Probably not. I, I mean, the NHL's... The the way that they enforce or lack thereof enforce penalties 
is insane. Stupid. Yeah, I, I am very, very, very mad about this about this suspension. I think it's ridiculous. And if you watch the hit, it's it's not a dirty hit. No, he just it's, didn't want to get checked. It's not. He was trying to prevent himself from getting hurt, and then the other guy just came in wild. Like, come on, come on. I mean, and Drew's been Drew gets Drew has been checked into the boards, you know, head first, and then you know, no one gets a suspension. Malkin swings his stick at Raffles' head, like he's Bryce Harper. <laughs> one game. <laughs> it's just I don't. A I don't joke, even like. Man. I think it's Vor- a joke. Voracek just tried to not get skated into. Like I don't know <laughs> what's so stupid. Yeah, I I have a lot of questions. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then I know we're, this is bouncing around a lot, but we were talking about the, the chances, or at the playoffs and the standings. The Cow... Uh, the oof, Cowboys. Oof. The Flyers are currently sixth in the division. Mm-hmm. Five points out of the second wild card and have a 9% chance of making the playoffs. So, so you're saying Columbus, there's a chance. Columbus holds that number two position, and Montreal is right behind them. Both of them have 79 points. Yeah. You would need a complete collapse by two teams to make the playoffs, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, I, and I'm kind of glad about that, because the Flyers, the last thing they need is to make the playoffs and but like, just absolutely destroy Playoff hockey is great. Playoff hockey is amazing, <laughs> and I think that like the NHL, playoffs in the NHL are just so much fun, but... I, I we, we would get embarrassed. I think it could derail careers. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, it wouldn't derail, derail I, the, the career of our coach because we don't have a head coach. We have an interim coach. Yeah, and but, I'll be curious to see what that looks like because I don't know yeah. if we bring him back. I don't know. And I'm not. And at this point, I'm honestly not too aware of who's going to be out there for sure. Yep. So I mean, we'll see what happens. But let's transition out of that to basketball quickly. We don't have a ton going on in basketball. No, um, right now, uh, the past two games have been night and night and night and day. Yeah, um, we didn't even score a hundred against the Rockets this past Friday. Um, James Harden literally wasn't trying. He got injured and hurt his wrist, and still came out and was. I feel like and Harden was James Harden. Harden's effort is sometimes confusing to me. He doesn't try, and people don't try and play defense against him. For somebody who is 100% going to end up winning the MVP this year, um, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but but Harden could at least look interested. So sometimes the team the team was like four and like or five and like four without Joel Embiid, and then he comes back and we blow the Pacers out of the fucking water. He had 33 points and like 12 rebounds last night on 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um. And we we knocked the Pacers out of the third spot in the East and flipped into the third spot. We're we're in a three seed right now. I'm happy with that. I'm very happy with that. And I think especially with having Embiid back now. Yeah. Because our boy's back. Um. You know, I th- I think there's a really good chance the Sixers are going to hold on to that three seed, and that's what we're going to go into the playoffs with. I if we're being completely honest with each other, I don't see us moving up and taking. The two seasons. Toronto, Raptors, no. Toronto would need to com- completely like lose the rest of the season and us win the rest of the season for us that, for that to happen. It's and and the Bucks aren't going to collapse. No, no. So, you know, all of that, all things considered, um, I think the three seed. I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, if we get the three seed, we would end up playing the six seed, who mm-hmm. right now is the Pistons. I I would gladly take the Pistons for. for I would too, and the Pistons are surging. Eight and two in their last ten games, five game winning streak, but uh, I'm not particularly scared of them nope. in a seven game series. Exactly. Um, no, and nor would I. Like, let's say we fall to four. I mean, like, I I would. It's gonna sound like very obvious, but I am more worried about play. I don't think the Celtics are nearly as good as they were last year, but I am more worried about playing the Celtics than I am about playing the Pistons. So am I. I don't want to. I don't want to play the Celtics the first round. First round. And I think the Pacers would beat the Celtics in a seven game mm-hmm. series. I just don't think that the Celtics are. The Celtics have just had our number like for the past it, ever. Sometimes <laughs> for, it happens. Like, it, and, sometimes it happens. Yeah, and I I don't want to play them in a playoff setting, especially if Kyrie's like on his game, and Gordon Hayward's like actually doing well. 
Yeah. then they're unstoppable, in yeah. my opinion. I, I think that when they're... When they're on, they are better than pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're off, they can look like a complete and total disaster. Yeah. But, um... So, I, it just sucks that Joel missed so many games this year. Because he's the MVP of the Sixers. We are a totally different team without Joel Embiid on the court. I think so, too. I mean, offensively, we can survive sometimes, but defensively, it's not the same. He, he's just a defensive juggernaut. No, and I mean, like, and we saw that they were able to win some games while he was out, which mm-hmm. was which was big. Um, but there is no denying that, like, the Sixers are... When you have Butler, Harris, Embiid, and Simmons playing together in Redick, um, like, that, that's your starting lineup. This is... That's a team that I think could take on the Bucks in the East, or could mm-hmm. take on the Raptors. Um, when we don't have Embiid, I, I think that it gets a lot dicier, and I would be actually a little bit worried about going up against a team like, let's say, the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would be worried. So I, I think it's you know maximizing his health, and if you need to keep him out a day or two, like just. I'm not worried about it. Like we're not missing the playoffs at this point. <laughs> no, not, exactly. It's not like we're going to drop down to the eighth seed either. Exactly. So um, I'd be okay. I would be too. But um, it's just it it it's crazy to watch. You know. Yeah. At first, I thought like, okay, we can survive with our shooting. But if some if JJ's shooting is off one. Well, day, and he and he went into a funk for a little bit. And he did, and we lost like three out of those four of those games where he was in a funk. And right now, he's the one guy who can reliably hit from three. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I do have to say, um, fuck everybody who is like, Ben Simmons doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. Um. Yeah, dude. Fuck y'all. Cause. He's not going to LA. He just gave an interview where he said that he and Embiid would like to stick around and win a championship for Philadelphia and he wants to stay in Philadelphia. And that makes me really happy. It makes me really happy too. Um, but that always changes when, uh, that could always change if. They start getting into contract talks, which it, neither of them are right. It now. absolutely can. I don't think there's any conceivable way the Sixers wouldn't offer him a max extension. No, of course not. So I think that, and I think that he would probably take that from the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, all things considered, like there's, I'm not concerned about the Sixers. So no, and uh, my boy Boban's coming back tomorrow against yeah. the Cleveland Cavaliers. Love that. Man. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I always get so happy whenever he plays. So do I, dude. I hope he. I hope that they re-sign him. So do I. Period. So do I. And I think. I think they will. I think wait, he's a good backup to JoJo. He is. He is definitely better than Amir Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Amir Johnson had like a game or two where he was I, okay. I like Amir Johnson, but I also like Boban way more. <laughs> yes. I think anybody with Amir Johnson is like your is like that veteran who's just. Always finds a way to stick around. Great in the locker room. Yeah. Gets it. Like, you love this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not Boban. No, of course not. Or JoJo. Two, two walking memes of human beings, <laughs> to be honest. All right, let's make our last stop in the MLB. Let's go, let's go to baseball. The Philadelphia Phillies. Now that, now that Harper has signed, it's pretty quiet. It's weird. There's a little bit of talk about maybe getting Kimbrel, maybe getting Keuchel. I hope. I mean, I want one more pitcher, dude. One more. Yeah, we'll see. I would like a pitcher too. I would. I would really like uh, Keuchel to come here because I think we need another left-hander. Yeah. A left-hander. Period. Uh, would be really nice in this rotation. Yes. And on it, but but Kimbrel would also like you again. We've talked about this a lot. It'd be really nice to know that if we have a lead of four going into the ninth inning. Um, it's a good chance we're not going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, isn't Kimbrel the one with the really weird stance where he looks like a bird? He comes up like this, or is or is that uh? No, it's Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. Do you do you do you think the uh, Philly fans will still make fun of him if he becomes a Philly? Probably not. <laughs> Unless he goes like full Jonathan Papelbon and like starts grabbing his crotch at the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck Papelbon. A lot, a lot gets forgiven. I feel like <laughs> when you sign with the Phillies. Yeah. A lot gets forgiven. A lot, especially from for Harper. Harper. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, nine and seven in spring training games. No, looks great. Uh, yeah. Against the Orioles the other day, six strikeouts in three innings. That's amazing. I was watching that on TV the other night. He looks stellar. Yeah. Um, 
I try not to to watch too much spring training baseball because I feel like I end up putting too much stock in everything. No, no, I just it's like I, watching preseason football. Like I'll keep aware of it, but I yeah. will try not to watch it. I watched the first couple innings and then like went to the gym or something. I forget what I did. But, yeah. Um, and that's all you really need to do for most for for spring training games anyway until you get closer to the season. Um, of course, but um, today in our spring training game. Um, McCutcheon and uh, Segura went back to back on home runs. Yeah, which was awesome because I was watching the highlight of it because that was pretty much the only highlight that you could could have gotten from the game today. Yeah, um, we lost eight to two to um, the Rays, um, which kind of sucks. But uh, also, Segura had a moonshot, dude. It was it was pretty good shot mccutcheon's was right over the yeah right I, was, the I was impressed but segura's was was a pretty pretty good shot over over the over the fence um so i'm not too worried about it uh, we haven't right, seen pop from a shortstop since the days of uh j-roll <laughs> yeah yeah we haven't um but harper made it on base uh three out of the four times that he's been up the bat so far um he's only had one hit though i think no, he has no he has no hits. He is 0 for one. Oh yeah, he has no hits, but he's been walked three times. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, I, I I know people would like get like let's say like it would never obviously happen, but let's say that Harper went like 0 for ten, but his on base percentage was like a nine hundred. Yeah. I feel like people would complain. I I would too. But that's ridiculous. <laughs> but at that point that's where you just like switch like Reese and Bryce. And just let Bryce be the three hitter. The three hitter instead of Reese. Yeah, yeah. Because when Bry- when Bryce got walked the other day, Reese hit a home, uh, two run home run. He was right out right after Bryce and hit, hit a two runner. So yeah, I think actually they wouldn't do that. Like they wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't put Harper in the four, in the cleanup spot. No. But I almost would like that more. To be completely honest with you, sometimes just because I think that. Harper is going to get a lot of walks to face Hoskins. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Yeah, and Hoskins gets in funk sometimes, but when he's on, he's on. Like, Well, and I think especially with the fact, like, we're going to, if the lineup does in fact go Romalto, Harper, Hoskins, like, mm-hmm. that's your 2-3-4, um, yeah, people are going to walk Harper a lot because they don't want him to hit a to run home run, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Versus Hoskins, who I I think everybody loves and everyone thinks is a really is a really good first baseman, but yeah. also not Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen a lot of people saying though that it could go Harper, Hoskins, Romalto, which I think would might be smarter to give more protection to the lineup. That Honestly, way. wouldn't be too bad. No, <laughs> there, there's nothing about this lineup that is too bad. This no. is the best lineup we've had probably since oh eight, since the oh eight or oh nine. Yeah, since the since that that those years. Um, so I would be, I'd be overjoyed. But do you have anything else that you want to, uh, to hit off with, or are you good? Uh, no, I'm good. Just follow me on Twitter uh, at Drew Harper or Drew underscore Harper. E's or threes. Um, coming up on my twenty thousandth tweet. On Is that this, a crowning accomplishment for you? I think so because I mean I've had I've had this account since like freshman year of high school, so oh. almost eight years. Um, don't you, don't you have to be a certain age to have a Twitter? I don't know. <laughs> I'm that age now, so who cares? <laughs> All right. Me, follow me. Follow me on there. Um, how about you, Mitch? Do you have anything to add? No, I my podcast, my other podcast, Quest for Money, is still going to be coming back at some point, hopefully soon. Um, I'm thinking, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think I think in like three weeks, everybody will have more availability, which will make it easier too. So I'm really looking forward to that. Good. So, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week on the 4th and Floundering Podcast. I've been Drew. And I have been Mitch. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah, enjoy it.